Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 570 of our three-year journey through the Word of God. We are continuing to make our way through the book of 2 Chronicles, and uh, we're coming now to the conclusion of the building of the temple by Solomon, which has taken up several chapters. Here at the beginning of Second Chronicles. Sorry, my mic dropped out for a second. I had to get it back. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the gift of truth. Thank you for your Son, who is the Word of God incarnate. Thank you for Second Chronicles chapter 5 that is before us this morning. Would you write your word on our hearts? Would your Holy Spirit come and be our teacher, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 5. Thus all the work that Solomon did for the house of the Lord was finished, and Solomon brought in the things that David his father had dedicated, and stored the silver, the gold, and all the vessels in the treasuries of the house of God. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of tribes, the leaders of the fathers' houses of the people of Israel in Jerusalem, to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled before the king at the feast that is in the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the Levites took up the Ark, and they brought up the Ark, the tent of meeting, and all the holy vessels that were in the tent. The Levitical priests brought them up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who had assembled before him were before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and oxen that they could not be counted or numbered. Then the priests brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place in the inner sanctuary of the house, in the most holy place, underneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread out their wings, over the place of the ark, so that the cherubim made a covering above the ark and its poles. And the poles were so long that the ends of the poles were seen from the holy place before the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from outside. And they are there to this day. There was nothing in the ark except the two tablets that Moses put there at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they came out of Egypt. And when the priests came out of the holy place, for all the priests who were present had consecrated themselves without regard to their divisions, and all the Levitical priests, singers rather, Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun, their sons and kinsmen, arrayed in fine linen, with cymbals, harps, and lyres, stood east of the altar with 120 priests who were trumpeters, and it was the duty of the trumpeters and singers to make themselves heard in unison in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. And when the song was raised with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments in praise to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. The house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. That is Second Chronicles chapter 5, and what a glorious conclusion 
to the building of the temple. Coffee time. Some of you have asked me, like when I record these and how many I record at a time and what time of day. It is actually morning today. This is actually a morning cup of coffee. Um, I am recording this in advance of our leaving on West Virginia mission trip. So when you get this, when this is released, I'll be in West Virginia, but obviously I'm not in West Virginia right now. So recording in advance of leaving and um, it is morning time and this is my morning cup of coffee. It's not always the case of when I record, but I know they get released in the morning and most of you watch them in the morning. So I always greet you with good morning. Anyway, that's a little side note. Second Chronicles chapter five is the finishing of the temple and then the bringing of the ark to the temple. The ark of the covenant, such an important feature in, throughout the Old Testament, uh, really up until the Babylonian exile, which appears to be the time when the Ark of the Covenant disappeared. And that's something we need to keep in mind. Like the temple that was built after the return from the Babylonian exile, the second temple, which was then expanded by King Herod the Great, and thus was the temple that Jesus stood in and, and, and taught in and overturned the tables in and all that. That temple never had an Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies of that second temple was empty. Um, and I think it's significant that Jesus came into that temple because Jesus is the Ark of the Covenant. He's the meeting place of God and man. He is the God-man. He is the one who has the law of God written on his heart because he delighted to do the will of his Father. In this chapter, we're told that the only thing that was in the Ark at this time was the law of God written on two tablets of stone. Which is interesting because prior to this, we know that also kept in the ark was the jar of manna and the staff that had budded, Aaron's staff that had, that had budded. And so those are also symbols of Jesus. He is the living bread that comes down from heaven. He's the true bread from heaven, the bread of life. And then he is also the staff represents the rule and the authority of God over his people and the fact that it budded and sprouted. Uh, shows that there is life-giving power in that rule. And that also comes to its fulfillment in Jesus. So I do think it's interesting that the Ark was not itself physically present in the Holy of Holies when Jesus stood and Jesus came as the fulfillment of all that the Ark symbolized. Um, and so uh, just as the temple is fulfilled in the church, the temple is empty. It is uh, a shell without Christ in the middle, without Christ at the center of our worship, without Christ's rule in the center of our lives, without Christ's glory uh, being there. We, we, are, we are just a group of people getting together uh, because we share a common interest. And so we need Christ present. Uh, and so that's the sign that God blesses this work of the temple is that at the end of Second Chronicles 5, the, the glory cloud shows up, right? And the glory cloud is the presence of God, uh, representing God dwelling in the midst of his people. And this glory cloud comes. You, we can see this, uh, the, the descent of the glory cloud to the temple. We can see this 
fulfilled on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit descends upon the disciples who are gathered in the upper room in Jerusalem. And it, it comes down like, like a, a wind and flames of fire and comes down and dwells in the midst of his people uh, to, to bring the presence of Christ to the center of the church. And that's really what the glory cloud is doing here as well. But let's, let's just walk through very quickly and notice the, the order of things. So first of all, all the work to build the house had to be finished. And all of the treasures had to be stored. So the house had to be prepared for the coming of the ark into the temple. I think here we can see an anticipation of the fact that the temple of God, that is the church, has to be built to its completion. That is the last living stone laid in place, the last child of God brought into the kingdom and connected to Christ. That work of that temple building has to be finished before Jesus is going to come again, right, and dwell in the midst of his people. Read Revelation 21, that he's going to dwell in the midst of his people, his bride, so the house had to be finished. Also, we can see that um, there was praise and there was worship and there was sacrifice. So there was praise and there was worship and then there was sacrifice. So many uh, sacrifices being offered that they could not be numbered. Where is that? Verse 6. Uh, they were sacrificing so many sheep and oxen that they could not be counted or numbered. So this is a, an, an, a priceless offering, right? You can't put a price on it because you don't even know how many there were. Christ is the priceless offering who sanctifies his temple by his blood. His blood is worth more than all the blood of all the sheep and oxen in the world. And so this is a picture of that. The sacrifice has to be made and uh, before the glory can come to the church. And, you know, you have this, this picture of the sacrifice and, um, and then there's singing and there's praise and there's thanksgiving. And that's, you know, there was joy in the resurrection of Jesus and in uh, Jesus being reconciled, being um, reunited to his disciples in the upper room and being among them. And, uh, and, and they gave thanks for his resurrection life. And then they saw him ascend back into heaven. So the church was gathered in, in worship when the Holy Spirit came and filled them with power. So... We're seeing, again, we've seen this so many times throughout the Old Testament. The whole of the Bible is ultimately about Jesus and about his church and about his gospel and about his kingdom. And all these things, you know, they happened in history. There was a real Solomon who built this temple and all these things happened. But they are historical previews. They are historical types of the coming of Christ, the Ark of the Covenant, and the building of his temple, the church, and the filling of that temple with the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, uh, to, to be with the people of God and then even the completion of that temple and the second coming of Christ. All of these things are pictured for us here in Second Chronicles. So we're getting gospel pictures in preview form throughout the Old Testament. So how do we live this out today? Well, let's be the people of God. Let's be the holy, set-apart, dedicated to the Lord, temple of the living God. That means when we gather for worship, it's not primarily about what we get out of it or how we feel about it or what we experience. 
That's not primarily what it's about. We're coming together in worship to be in the presence of God, to be taught and led and fed by God, to worship and serve and praise God, to offer up to God the sacrifice of our lips, the fruit of, of, of praise, to acknowledge his name, as Hebrews 13 says. So we are there because we are the dwelling place of God. And it ought to be our strong commitment to not only gather with God's church, but to value that gathering, to prepare for it, and to seek to see Christ's church built up so that every tribe, tongue, people, and nation is reached with the gospel, so that every stone is brought in to its place within the temple of God, and so Jesus will come again and we will be with him forever. So again, I think as we're going through this building of the temple, it's just calling us to a higher priority on the church and on the gospel kingdom and on missions in our lives because that's who we really are and that's what our priority in life ought to be. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this word from Second Chronicles. Write it on our hearts. Help us to value Jesus and his church above our selfish desires and our worldly priorities. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that is Second Chronicles chapter 5. Tomorrow, we are going to be in the book of Hebrews. Pray that you would join me for that. And uh, hope you have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.